Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs... As can easily happen in New York City, I got caught up with my survival job and I basically became a professional CrossFit coach for about, you know, like pretty much full time for about five years and then like had a light bulb moment where I kind of took a step back, looked at myself in the mirror and was like, what just happened? And why did, how did, like, how did I not start focusing on acting when I said I was going to? And I've just been coaching CrossFit for the last several years of my life. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the vibe? There's some damsels in the DM. DM? Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them, yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. And I am Osh. And Osh and has today. cool headphones on. Look at her. I decided that this is probably the way that I'm going to be going forward from today onwards because I just feel like I feel a little bit more of a podcaster doing it this way rather than not. I don't know why. Hello, hello, Jared. So if you could start us off and tell us and the listeners a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, and where you're located. Sure thing. First of all, thank you for bringing me on here. It's an honor and a pleasure. So yeah, I'm Jared P. Smith. The P is actually not a middle initial. My last name was hyphenated, so it's Jared Prudolph Smith. That just, uh, it's, a, it's a lot. You know, when you think about how many times you slate and, you know, I was just like, you know what? P. Smith, let's just like, because people would be like, Prudolph Smith, is that one word? I'm like, no, no. And then, uh, <laughs> So, uh, P. Smith, um, I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C. I spent the first 18 years of my life there, actually D.C. proper. Also, like as close as you can get to being in in Maryland, yet still being in D.C., I'm like a, a stone's throw from Western Avenue in Northwest, and that's the border between D.C. and Maryland, and I'm a, like three blocks over. But that changes your childhood dramatically because you go to dc schools instead of maryland schools which might be different today i don't know but in the in the 90s it was a a much it was a very diverse experience and upbringing which i actually loved so grew up in dc uh i went to william and mary for undergrad i actually didn't even dive into acting until my i took beginning acting my senior year of college and I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll dive into that a bit more as I just do the synopsis right now. But um, taught middle school science for two years after that in Miami. Huh? The second year, the first year of teaching, I actually had a lot of fun. The second year of teaching convinced me to, since I was in Miami, um, see what I could do with modeling in the summer in between years. And, and then that was, I had a, a decent enough return from that to give that a full shot and so then it was a that was summer of 2009 started modeling modeling and then bartending in new york for a couple years i did not love that i went back to miami uh and then i was modeling and coaching crossfit that then made me realize that neither of those things individually or together were going to really leave me feeling fulfilled and at this point I had been studying acting and then I came back to New York to focus on acting as can easily happen in New York City I got caught up with my survival job and I basically became a professional CrossFit coach for about you know like pretty much full-time for about five years and then like had a light bulb moment where I kind of 
took a step back, looked at myself in the mirror and was like, what just happened? And why did, how did, like, how did I not start focusing on acting when I said I was going to? And I've just been coaching CrossFit for the last several years of my life. And so now fast forward, you know, since like 2017, 2018, I started focusing, pulling back from being a coach and leaning into acting more. And then with the pandemic, the gym where I was at shut down. So I kind of pulled all the way out from coaching. And uh, last three years have been an interesting time to decide to like dive fully into acting what, with the pandemic and now with uh, the strikes. But that's been my main focus for the last several years. Still do a little bit of modeling. Grateful for the jobs when they come. And I don't lose sleep when they don't because that I feel like is the healthiest way to be connected to that industry is to literally just be like, this is great when it happens and otherwise give zero cares. Yeah, no, completely. And curious, who are you signed in Miami? Uh, in Miami, my I used to be with Next Forever. Uh, and then Ron said he wanted to focus on people that were in town and I wasn't coming back to Miami. So I still have a fitness agency, uh, SLU, S-L-U. Oh, that, yeah, I've heard uh, of them. They're in L.A. too, I think, actually. They're in, like, West Coast, Miami, New York, with, like, a fitness focus. Okay. Yeah, I'm signed with CGM in Miami. I've never been to Miami since I got signed, and I haven't met them. And I'm like, are you guys going to drop me anytime soon? Because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I have friends. This is I have friends with CGM that don't live in Miami, and they work decently. Okay, so. cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. just visit and then see what happens. Yeah. I'm curious. I have a question for you too, because I'm not a model and you both have a lot more experience than this than I do. But most people that you come across who are models, do you feel like they typically also want to be actors and are just using it like as a segue? Or do you feel like most people who are models strictly want to be models? I don't know if it's directly 50-50, but... I know that many, I would even say most of the models, like friends, most of my friends who are models had zero interest in getting into acting. There are definitely some who did, and there are definitely examples like myself where I, and, and I kind of wish someone had kind of like smacked me in the head and said, this is not the way to do it when I was starting. But in my mind, I was like, oh, I've got some momentum with modeling this will be easy for me to like segue into acting versus just like diving a hundred percent into acting way back then, because my modeling career is like, you know, in its best moments, it's like, I've been fine, but I, you know, never had the, like the traveling the world campaigns. I mean, I've traveled a little bit, but not like, you know, like the, like the, the models.com top 50 money guys or any of that stuff. <laughs> Um, and I honestly don't even know if I would have really loved that life because uh, there's, um, I don't know, man. Modeling is a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bullshit that you got to deal with. It's kind of, I mean, like when in the early two, or I guess the, you know, like 2008 to like in that, I don't know. There was just there's a lot of people in that world that are out there to kind of, advance themselves and also see what they can get from you in the process mm -hmm. to put it as vanilla as possible yeah um, yeah I'm kind of feeling the same about it too it's like it's it's there if you need it but it's not really doing anything for me like not being challenged at all in any way and it's just I I also haven't had the international success and travel and all of that has just been in America but still it's like I'd rather just focus on acting at this point it's much greater uh creative you know just energy you as you feel I mean I joke that like being a model is just basically being pretty malleable meat it's <laughs> <laughs> true yeah like you're you're not required to do anything other than know how to move, and you know, if if you if you know how to act, then it's it makes modeling easier because, 
you know, they might want you to evoke some type of, you know, to give off some type of emotion to make them think you're feeling a certain way. So having acting can help with that. But there, I mean, I don't know. Modeling is, uh, there are a lot of idiots who just have phenomenal careers of modeling because they just uh, grease the right elbows. That's hmm. true. That's true. I want to go back to COVID. And um, so you can work as a trainer. What were the things that you did during COVID to push your acting career and to move more towards acting? I, so I didn't, it's, it's funny. Uh, when a co, uh, not a coworker of mine, a friend of mine, and we actually created a pilot together. He was like, because I was no longer coaching CrossFit classes, this friend of mine was like, why aren't you filing for unemployment? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And he was like, I'm getting like $1,000 a week because of unemployment. And I was like, what? Like, this sounds amazing. <laughs> so then I, then I did that. And so I had like, you know, an influx of cash suddenly. And on top of that, I guess I was still doing, uh, I was more active on Instagram with like brand partnerships and stuff in like 2019 2020 like and it was it was a little bit of a different atmosphere there where you could honestly make more money with it whereas now uh the people that are really making money they treat it like a full-time job and like you know content creation which is its own wonderful thing but it just i don't know i I don't i I don't know but anyways so at that point in-person stuff kind of basically stopped altogether but i did a bunch of different workshops with casting directors and like on and like zoom workshops with with teachers that i worked with before but actually i took a bunch of workshops at one-on-one with casting directors that like you know we're on the west coast and i'm in new york so i was like this is a chance for me to meet people that i wouldn't otherwise normally get to meet because everything is happening online yeah, and I think then, we've been in a workshop together because you were so familiar to me. <laughs> and I did a lot of those one-on-one workshops as well. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I've also like been a reader for one-on-one for the last like two okay. years because in a large part, I had done so many workshops during that time that they were like, all right, this guy knows what to do. Um, <laughs> but yes, I did a lot of workshops and I can't say that that like, I, I mean, I, I can't be like, because I did this workshop, I got that opportunity, but I definitely do think that actually, I mean, like building relationships and like, you know, it's much harder for someone to call you in if all you are is a thumbnail on a screen versus them being like, oh, I remember them from this. And, you know, we talked about X, Y, and Z, and they would be perfect for this role. Then I'll call them in. So I think it definitely built builds a relationship I and mean, i could talk especially since i was a reader i could probably talk about my experience with that for a while but uh i definitely think the you know the multi-week workshops where you get an opportunity to really actually get to know each other are very functional there's a lot of efficacy there like you there's definitely you know you get stuff from that I want to go back to what you were talking about with when you were at your first semester at William and Mary, and you said that um, you took a beginner's acting course. It was my last semester, actually. Even better. So when you were in that last semester, what made you want to take the class? And then how do you think that it even transcended in your mind to something that could be a potential career path? So I was told, like, I guess maybe it was in my sophomore or junior year, friends of mine were like, you got to take beginning acting. It's three hours, three to four hours. The first two hours, you're basically like rolling around and doing yoga. And <laughs> then you do some like exercises. It's pretty much a classroom full of women. And it's an easy A. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, where do I sign up for this? How did I not know about this sooner? And, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, it was, it was a very, it was like, it was one of the hardest classes to get into because everyone was trying to, you know, get an easy A basically or, and, or, you know, be in a classroom full of women and get an easy A, which like that really appealed to me at that time. Uh, I mean, I was like a, a poster board for toxic masculinity for a long time. Um, 
<laughs> but uh but it sounds like this sounds like the best way to you know spend the first three hours of my monday and wednesday so <laughs> where do i sign up and finally i got in the class and i really wish i had actually gotten in sooner because i'm in the class and i'm just like holy shit this acting stuff is awesome like i want to do more of this like how did i not know about this sooner so when i think back i mean like when i think back to when i was like a little kid i remember i had a yellow plastic baseball bat and i would be running around my basement like i was luke skywalker <laughs> um and you know like recreating scenes like i don't know how my dad let me see major league at such a young age because there's a lot of a lot of adult content in that <laughs> but uh you know i would like you know be recreating the scenes where like i'd set up a mattress on the wall in the basement and like jump off the wall and be catching a ball like uh there's a scene uh like wesley snipes is willie mays hayes and he's like he climbs the wall he robs the guy of a home run uh, and so at a very young age i had this desire to recreate like moments from movies but then as um I guess as I got older, I got more focused on sports and it was uh, like the uh, the theater department in my high school. And I was just like, well, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a dude. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, do theater with a bunch of girls and very, very effeminate guys. And, uh, for lack, I mean, like that was where my head was for, you know, so without sugarcoating it. And then when I finally took an acting class, I was like, holy shit, I have been wrong for a long time. This is awesome. And then I think, I think as I continued to take acting classes from there, what, what really kind of got me hooked in, I might be like jumping to the next question, but what really got me hooked in was, I, I believe it was it allowed me to explore the full range of human emotion, which I, Jared, at that point, was very limited as far as what I could tap into and express. And so here was a medium which allowed me to experience more. Mm. Interesting. And, um, yeah, and so then, so I took some acting classes in Miami when I was teaching, and... And then I was one of those one of those models that was like, oh, you know, I can I can model and then just easily segue into acting. And then of course you you try that and you realize that, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're just like you 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 think you're pretty, so you're castable and you know like without any skills. And I quickly realized that I had a lot of work to do as far as becoming a, a halfway decent actor. And uh, but that experience of taking you know continuing to take classes and die it's just like it was like going down the rabbit hole for me and i just my love and appreciation for the creative process has only grown since i'm really curious because you mentioned that you were the poster child for toxic masculinity and feel free to answer this or not but <laughs> it's so interesting to me that you say that and then you also say what you love about acting so much is how much it allows you to explore about human capacity for emotion how do you think and I feel like so many people really need to hear this episode depending on your answer but how do you think that you were able to make that switch into being such a caring empathetic person who has such a range for human emotion going from somebody who started at such a different place I mean honestly years of therapy, a lot of failures with relationships that forced me to become more introspective and, you know, start looking inward for what the cause was versus projecting blame. Not saying that I was never, you know, I was always the one that was wrong, but I definitely uh, had to do a lot of work. I you know, I, when I was in high school, going into college, I was like, it, it's very odd because I was the captain of my basketball team. And I was also like a national merit scholar. I don't know. Like I was one of those like things for like the smartest 
one percent or whatever and then i was captain of the basketball team so you would have thought that i would have been like the guy that's in you know like you know the zach efron of high school musical or something but i was like this skinny awkward kid with like no self-confidence and a lot of that actually came from personal a lot of it came from the dynamic that i had from my mom and when my parents got divorced and I, there was like no malice in the way she handled it, but uh, her trying to hold on to my sister and I kind of created a like a roller coaster of like emotional support and then also, you know, blame. Mm -hmm. So that led to me not having just stand on my own confidence because I never, I felt like. I never knew when the rug was going to be pulled out from under me. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot, I mean, the only reason why I was able to make these steps is literally because, I mean, a, a lot of therapy and a decent amount of plant medicine and psychedelic uh, like ceremonies and um, journeys mm -hmm. that allowed me to get even, you know, kind of, pass go and dive in a little bit deeper more intensely did you do ayahuasca i have yeah was that in america or out it was in america actually like the most uh the most profound experience i had was at a um i'm not sure what the name of it like it would it would what i would call it but at, at a place in um in upstate new york and it was like mm -hmm. a a weekend long um retreat uh, so we did two ceremonies and at that, that was actually during COVID and that was honestly, that was, it was 2020. I had just ended a relationship that, uh, that was actually, it was a very healthy relationship except for my involvement in it. And I was like one foot in one foot out. And then that experience actually helped me realize that I was now repeating the patterns that I had experienced as a kid. And so I was like, wow, I need to, uh... and then I kind of like figured out uh, that, that going back to like when I was younger, the insecurities that I had led me to once I finally started like kind of coming into my own skin and getting a little bit stronger and more confident, I like went from like the insecure kid to like the, overly confident self-assured just dove right into womanizing and it was mm -hmm. like it was like the the bull that's at the top of the hill and it's like let's run down and you know just and uh so i i, I went like full pendulum swing and kind of operated in that mode for a very long time and like so then fast forwarding back to three years ago uh, it made me realize that um, I had kind of allowed my ego to just like take the wheel and just punch the accelerator and go and have full control over my handling of relationships and, you know, interactions with, with people and with women. Yeah. So that experience was like the proverbial that, that ayahuasca experience kind of on top of all of therapy and just like undigging of my relationship with my mom and my stepmom and how it all came together that all allowed me to kind of unpack why I behaved the way I did in relationships and then that gave me the wherewithal to learn how to be more present, be less manipulative, and be more healthy, if that yeah. makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool to hear because obviously in my past, I've dated uh, people who were very toxic. And it's nice to hear that there's hope for everyone. <laughs> like, there's definitely hope. If you do the work. <laughs> there's definitely hope and it's definitely out of, anyone's control except for their own yeah like, there was there was no way anyone was going to you know open my eyes except for myself yeah, yeah. and that applies to everything 
you yeah, know I'm, I'm, you know a relationship podcast but uh i, I guess all of life and acting it used is- to be <laughs> oh really well it is, does say damage in the dm so yeah there is a but you 100 percent have to take someone at face value for what they're giving you and no matter whether you you know how much you love them you gotta just like you gotta take off the rose colored glasses and Mm -hmm. take them for what they're giving you yeah so this transformation of yours started like during the pandemic around the pandemic time yeah i think i had like i had the urge and desire to be better long preceding that but i was kind of still i was repeating the same patterns and the same habits just with increasingly greater self-awareness but still doing all the same shit just like i was better at communicating and better at sharing and like being like you know i was i was better at being open with things but i was so i like went from being just like an asshole to like a lovable well communicating asshole <laughs> A more self-aware asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Which is almost probably almost like more dangerous because like like then you think like there, there's moments where like you know like I would give like you know for like in the instance of my ex like she would be like there, there are moments where you're there and you're connected and you're present and like those moments give me hope and then you flip back to this person that's completely detached and at that point I couldn't figure out why I was doing that. So yeah, so it's almost like I don't know. I feel like uh, people that are great communicators and very self-aware and still manipulative are probably like some of the most dangerous. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. also find this really interesting, given your background as a personal trainer, because I feel like personal trainers have really intimate relationships with their clients, and I think a lot of people think about personal trainers as just like the you know, somebody who motivates you to get to your fitness goals. But I also feel like a lot of personal trainers end up so involved in their clients' lives um, because like you're advocating for their diet, you're helping them to make life, uh, like healthy life choices, blah, blah, blah. So I think that it's really interesting that you did all of this self-work um, when you're also somebody who's like constantly advising clients on how they can be the best versions of them, their own selves. Yeah, and it's ironic that I've actually done less personal tra- training since like all of these breakthroughs then before when I was, you know, doing a lot more coaching and training and was much more of a do as I say, not as I do figure. Thank you for sharing all of these dating and like your past and all of that. Cause that's that, that was what we were before. And I still am happy to hear about that yeah. with our new rebrand. But I wanted, I do want to go back to what you said about being a content creator and how it's like, you know, I feel like in this time now after COVID, things have changed where people are like pushing for more actors to make content, to be on TikTok, to make reels. How do you feel about this movement? And what are things that you are doing to kind of stay with it? I mean, I honestly, I don't love social media. I, I, it's. I feel like it's an extension of reality TV and I feel like reality TV is like, was like the first sign that the apocalypse is upon us. No. So like with my social media, like I've got a lot of friends that they do these phenomenally like curated reels and, and I'm just like, that's cool. And it's aesthetically pleasing, but like, that's not real. Like it's just like, you're painting a, a false image of reality like and then you know then there's me and my shit just looks like (laughs) completely thrown together and i should probably i like and like i should probably i I don't know if i should say i should probably like lean more into creating better produced content but i'm just like i'm just gonna give you me real and this is just who i am and like you know I like, I like these things. I take these things. I use these things. This is why. And I, in my head, I'm like, that should be 
what's most interesting versus like this really super cool looking video that you're just like, I, I mean, like that looked cool, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I am well aware though, that like, you know, a lot of people have used social media as like a, an avenue for sharing, you know, their, their talent as like a comedian or as an actor, like aside from just like creating cool looking videos. So I guess I haven't, I don't know. The the part of me that just is is like I want to just it's so interesting as I say this out loud because I'm like there's the part of me that just like wants to be creating you know like on a show or on a stage or like in you know what I consider to be a professional capacity versus just like in my like day to day and then I'm like well I guess I guess who's to say what is or isn't a professional capacity and, you know, like a good use of your, your talent and your creativity. And it could totally be on, on Instagram or on a reel. I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I was like the generation that was behind when all this shit blew up. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. Um, yeah. I got TikTok during COVID just because I was so bored out of my mind and I had nothing else to do. So I kind of just was like the one who watches the videos. And then I started making the dumbest videos that would go viral. And I was like, what is this? And then I, but I remember the only reason why I got TikTok actually was the October before when I was signing with my new agent, acting agent. She was like, do you have TikTok? You should get TikTok and then work on your following and your videos. And I was like, I thought this is an acting like theatrical representation. I was not aware that you're trying to use followers and social media and stuff. And then that's when I realized like, oh shit, like this is a movement that's happening where people with more followers, more engagement on their posts are getting like hive, you know, they're getting more opportunity for these roles. And then when like the whole pandemic started and people were making these TikToks, I was like, this sucks because there's people on there just like dancing and then they get a WME to sign you know get signed with WME or CAA and I'm like what is going on and then still today we're having this conversation my acting class two weeks ago my friend brought it up saying that he just signed with a new manager and they are pushing him to make TikToks and reels every day about the dumbest things the thing is though she's really good at this type of thing and i make fun of her i tell her that she's such a good influencer and she hates when i call her an influencer i'm not an influencer (laughs) no offense to influencers out there i respect your career and everything but i'm not an influencer i'm not but it makes me laugh because she's a little like a tiny little bit older than me and somehow she's so much better at social media than i am i don't know why but ash just got like the better gen z genes in this i um, do i'm i'm totally a gen z yeah i am at heart millennial but somehow she's more gen z than i am yeah and i just turned 30 last year so i'm the oldest gen z there is yeah i think uh so I'm in between Gen X and Millennials. Like I remember seeing there's like a a subsection called Zennials, which is like 1981 to like 86 or something. Ah. Uh, it's like we grew up like I didn't have a cell phone until I was like 15 or 16. So like I remember when the only game was Snake, and you had to use like the the there were like arrow <laughs> toggle thing, and you know you to like send a text message, you were like you know, hitting one three times for a C, you know. <laughs> hey, that was still around when I was uh, growing up. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I also remember, like, you know, when you had to, to memorize your friend's phone numbers. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, like, I'm when my, I think it was my elementary school got the internet, and I was like, somehow I got to be first in line at the library to get onto the internet. And I was so excited and it opened up to AOL and I had no idea what AOL was. And like, so then the kids that actually had AOL, they're like, Oh, you don't have the internet. And I was like, <laughs> Cause you had to have like your password, your username, your AOL username and password. And I was like, what is this? I'm like, how do I do it? They were like, they were like, you can't. And I was just like, shit. that sucks (laughs) I'm curious because you are that 
generation. What do you think of AI and what's happening with like technology right now? Very curious about that. I think what happens with the writer strike and if SAG strikes, which I think is a very high likelihood, but then they they have that as like their kind of their bargaining point. Say like we need to come to an agreement, otherwise we're authorized to strike and we will. I think what happens with those two situations is going to be greatly indicative of what happens with the world and AI in general in the future. Because I mean, like what I, I when I think of art, I think of you know the back in the day, great philosophers, you know, would say like art is what separates humans from animals. Um, it's like what makes us human. And it's in in a sense like that's, if we lose art, what do we have? Mm -hmm. And, you know, capitalism would argue that art is irrelevant unless it's making money. So I'm, I'm honestly very, very nervous because if capitalism and just the pursuit of money, which is, I guess, slowly been taking over. I, I mean, you know, Hollywood and the entertainment industry is an industry and it's money driven. But if the bottom line becomes the focus, then to the extent that AI is now creating the stuff, I think it's just like the canary in the coal mine. And, you know, if AI starts taking over art, it's going to take over pretty much every you know human occupation until there's no reason why ai wouldn't be able to program better than the programmers once yeah. that reel gets rolling and then you know you'll have the people that are using it up here and then you'll have everybody else whose pursuit their job their career their passion has been supplanted by ai down here you'll have a huge divide between the haves and the haves nots and i think it would just be a f like the beginning of the end yeah, yeah i agree my brother has a tech background he works in tech and he god every time we have this conversation i'm like you need to stop talking to me because i do not want to talk about this um because he's always like oh yeah ai will take over modeling and acting and jobs and this and that and i'm like you're Number one, have some empathy when you're talking to me yeah. about this stuff because yeah. know your audience. Know your audience too. Like, I'm right. not the person to talk about this, you know. And I'm like, well, they'll take over your job. And he's like, yeah, they will, and I'll find something else. I'm like, okay, I, I do not want to have this conversation with you. I want to go back to donkey carts and horse carriages, you know. Like, mm -hmm. I, I am the people before the cars came to be like, no, I don't want a car because that's taking over my horse carriage industry. Yeah, says the queen of her jeep. Yeah, now I love my cars. <laughs> That's my horse. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's kind of scary though because it's like, you know, you think of other industries that have been phased out, you know, yeah. and um, and you're just like, shit, is the, you know, is acting and the creative arts is that an industry that's going to be phased out by machines, and I mean, then what the fuck, like. I, I don't really want to figure out something else to do because I can no longer create as an actor. And I have a friend that works for Microsoft and he's like, you know, all the potential. And I'm like, great. If there's so much potential, you know, why don't you figure out the climate crisis, you know, why AI to figure out how to take salt water and use it to create fresh water for all these places that have droughts and water shortages. Use AI to solve the problems that humans haven't figured out instead of like writing screenplays and being able to take someone's face and put it on another, like an actor so that you can watch yourself in Mission Impossible 9. Right, right. Yeah. yeah Use it for good, not to take people's fucking jobs away. Yeah. Right, yeah. So how are you staying sane in this like sort of scary world that we're living in and what are some things that you're doing right now to stay busy when there's fewer opportunities? So how am I staying sane? I've got, thankfully, like a wonderful girlfriend who just, uh, I guess, 
is empathetic and happy to listen and just kind of be there, which is nice. Is uh, she an actor? She is, she is not to the same. It's like she's in like more of the seminal stages of it all. Like she was a dancer in undergrad and she's um, done a bit of like dance choreography and she's auditioned for some like some musical theater. Uh, she coaches at Barry's right now. And oh, which Barry's? Yeah. Do we know her? Which one? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in, in the city, uh, she's which one yeah she's sometimes on the upper west side but usually on the up east 86 okay and i go to tribeca yeah i go to, i when i'm there i go there to tribeca to the yeah. chelsea one okay, okay. yeah she, sometimes she's at she does the ride a uh, couple ride classes oh a i week. love the ride one and i i go to school at columbia so i have been to the upper west side one too so maybe i would know her okay yeah well, her name is valentina so valentina i'm gonna look valentina. for her now yeah that so i mean like that's actually, you know, having going back to everything I learned about myself and now applying it to a relationship. And like the story of that is its own probably podcast because <laughs> I was like right, too. right back into old habits and then had a moment where I was like, oh, wait a second. I've done this before. Maybe I should go that way. And who knew that, you know, actually giving a concerted effort and shot towards a healthy relationship can lead to one. Ooh. Um, <laughs> what, Slow down now. Yeah, what an idea. What a concept. So uh that's been helpful. I you know I, I've still had a few auditions, which is nice. Um I still I, I take a class, like an on camera class, and I'm still a reader at a one on one. And so all of the things have kind of helped me stay a little bit busy. You know, I've got a bunch of friends in fitness and we'll just, we like, I play softball once a week, uh, you know, we'll play pickleball, like just various different, like means of staying active, literally physically active. Uh, I've been active my whole life. So that is almost like, you know, meditative in a sense. I also meditate and like, like when we're talking about like the morning process, I do that. I try to meditate every morning and I've been waffling on actually like writing and creating my own stuff. But I think sooner or later, that's going to be something that I lean more heavily into. Um, I've done that in the past at various different times, but like at this very moment, I'm not. And like, I also like, I don't know, my, my to-do list is, you know, never ending. And I think I'm a very good procrastinator, unfortunately. So. <laughs> we love a good procrastination. Okay, question for you, because you were in the health and wellness field as well. And I'm so curious because I am a sucker for morning routines. What are some things that you do, like healthy habits or your morning routine that helps you kind of stay grounded? I know you mentioned meditation, but can you walk me through your morning routine? Yeah, so uh, my cat is a major driving force of my mornings, <laughs> to be totally honest. So usually after waking up and either before or after brushing my teeth, she needs treats. So we throw treats. And then she actually, it's very funny because if I do not do my morning meditation, like one day, like the next morning, she'll, after treats, will continue to meow. And it'll be like, because... Like I'll sit down, uh, if I'm inside, I'll sit down on my couch inside. Sometimes I go outside, but then she'll come and sit next to me and I meditate and she, I don't know what she does, but she's just, <laughs> and, um, and so it's funny because she kind of like she harasses me to, as a reminder, I am not as good as being consistent with, uh, like gratitude journaling. Like I have the five minute journal, I have the physical, physical copy, and then I have it on my phone. And when I do it, another one of these like, wow, shocker moments is like, the more I do, like, I write about gratitude and I journal, the more I see it in my life. And then for some reason, I am less consistent with that, which is just, I have no one to point the finger at or blame but myself for that. And it's so simple and so easy to do. And then I've been wanting to, and I've, I've been kind of starting to implement 
like a little bit of like movement and stretching uh in the morning i mean i I usually work out every day but uh you know at at 39 when i get out of bed i don't feel as spry and limber as i did when i was 29 so like getting you know just getting a little bit of a flow in helps and then i always think i i I got like um actually i have a brand that does like greens and reds that i partner with and i take that with a little bit of like creatine every morning and i I like mix that with some water and um i've got like the same pills that i like you know uh like vitamins and then like turmeric and ashwagandha and rhodiola and uh i've got like a laundry list of like supplements that are supposed to be good for your mental health and your cellular health and like you know longevity and all this stuff take all that and that's kind of my morning routine right now i would like as i said to be more consistent with the movement i would like to be more consistent with one the gratitude journaling but also two i i really feel like i would like to and i should just start doing this doing a little bit of just like 10 or 15 minutes of creative writing to just get i even if it's just getting ideas out whether it's for you know i do my my words on instagram i i do those uh so like and just various different ideas whether it's uh for like a short or whatever it might be i think uh more and more finding new ways to be creative especially when you know acting opportunities are becoming less frequent is going to be Mm -hmm. important for my own sanity yeah yeah speaking of instagram which you just brought up please tell us about the funniest wildest most intriguing or inspirational dm that you have ever received i didn't see that question in the list of questions i didn't sorry i no, no, it's all good. Um, I'm just thinking. Uh, so probably the the coolest ones that I've gotten have been when people say, like, I, I mean, the ones that I've enjoyed the most are people who, like, when I started doing my, like, wow, what a word segment, people just being like, I love this. These are so entertaining. And I'm actually, like, learning words. I'm like, that's pretty cool that's kind of what the whole reason behind doing that because you know the last thing instagram needs is another fitness influencer swinging a kettlebell (laughs) Um, but uh but um there have also been people who have um you know said that they've gotten back into exercising because of seeing my posts i mean i've gotten my share of very weird dms which i guess probably aren't weird to the people that send them but i'm just like i didn't need that i've gotten so one t- this is this is this is funny one time and i was in the process of moving when i got this one this guy asked for i forget if it was, I, I think i've gotten asked for socks once but also like underwear and i was just like well, I'm moving and I'm going to throw out these old pairs of underwear that I no longer wear. So if you want to give me like $1,500, sure. And because they're just going to get thrown out otherwise. And then the guy was like, well, I need to see them. And I was like, okay. And then he's like, I need you to wear them and sweat in them. And then I was like, all right, this got too weird. Uh, I, you lost me now. Oh, if, you want the ba- if you want the bag of old underwear for $1,500, you can have it. But if you want me to start exercising in them and leaving them dirty like you, you lost me sorry buddy yeah People are crazy. And then, then, then i was like you know talk to this friend of mine he might do it for you um <laughs> otherwise hmm other comical dm at one point so what was interesting like at one point this has got to be six or seven years ago though i mean Believe it or not, there was more more of my skin on my, my Instagram. I mean, I, I'm shirtless a lot on there now, but I guess I was pretty 
busy with underwear modeling through like 2014 to 17 or 18. And I wouldn't put stuff up on there a ton, but I'd put stuff up on there. And I was, you know, absolutely using it for trying to, you know, I think I was actually getting some opportunities from it for one, but also like, there were times where like I'd be out and like a girl would be like, I know you from Instagram. And I'd be like, Mm -hmm. Oh shit, really? (laughs) And so that wasn't, that was fun. Yeah. But uh, I'm happy to kind of be past that, that part of my life. Um, To respect your girlfriend, but still I'm very curious. Did you go on any dates with the girls that would like notice you on the streets from your underwear modeling? uh, Like, would you use that to be like, Hey, you want to go on a date with me? Not all of them, but definitely, yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Don't worry, we won't tell Valentina. We, we yeah, will no. not tell Valentina unless this, they this see will, her at fairies. This will get. It'll just be like bleeped out. Like my face will get like erased from this moment. Oh, someone else, babe. No, actually, um, <laughs> one one of the most amazing things about her is how I've been able to be pretty upfront and honest about my life experience and she's she's still happy to be with me so beauty we love that yeah okay so the dm of the week asks you what is your dream role and why yes i thought about this one a lot because because i was like shit i should know i should be so specific and like sure of what this is so i could have it on you know you know my uh kind of self-visualization for myself and like you know actually I, I have a a vision board from a couple of years ago I should probably maybe I should pull that out and start rebuilding that because just like with the gratitude you know all that stuff maybe it doesn't like you know work the next day but there's definitely something about the the thoughts and the energy that you put out into the universe and how it matches so i don't have like a specific role or character but on the tv side i would love to be i've realized that like i i really enjoy the collaborative experience and a lot of my favorite shows and movies have been ensemble productions so i was thinking like like uh thinking back to like how cool it would be to be on a show like the wire and then i remember when i was a little bit older you know like like entourage on a comedy front or uh even like true blood even though it was like about vampires and werewolves it was like i I, like those those shows on hbo for some reason in that like early 2000s like to like 2012-15 a lot of those shows kind of stuck with me more than i mean or like, I mean, show like Curb Your Enthusiasm would just be, I think this is the last season, so I think that ship has sailed. But um, ensemble creative experiences, I really enjoy. And um, and like on the movie side, Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director. And I think this is his last movie that he's making now. But so the next if there can be a next iteration of someone like him that creates these creatively like told you know intricate phenomenally just well done cinematic experiences uh i think i just threw out all these extra words in there for no reason but um like like you know to be you know, like Hateful Eight wasn't even one of his best movies, but like to be one of the one of the like Walter Goggins or like like Channing Tatum's role in that, and those those are, I mean, there's also like those those are the things I'm like that would be so cool. The action, you know, like the 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 dude in me would love to be in you know a superhero movie. Or like you know a spy caper, like you know something like the Bourne trilogy, or you know like yeah, like the Mission Impossible's. Even though those are like 
almost just like a money-making franchise now they're still like to me like the little kid is just like these are so cool and like i would just love to be on something that i'm like i want to watch this and like i'm excited to go pay money to see this and like and then if that were to be something that i was in that would be like that would be the dream so i don't have a very specific like you know i also like to be in some one of the you know one of the new star wars shows even though there's like right. you know a lot of people say it's become you know just abused and they're just putting stuff out now but like the kid in me is like how cool would it be to be a jedi yeah. you know that would be like that it wouldn't i don't know if it would like get better than that and then so i yeah I don't know if so. I don't have a concise answer to that. I don't think I have a. That concise was a pretty great answer. Though. Yeah, that was a good answer. Yeah, I think okay. that was a way better answer than I could have ever had. Yeah, there were like five amazing roles in there. Yeah, I, I think I think the common denominator is, you know, and to kind of bring it back almost full circle to like the self awareness and the more spiritual side of things, a role that like my you know like seven year old self would be like how cool is this because at the end of the day i think i think us as creatives all are are tapped in to that child wonder of creativity so when you're able to you know actualize that that's like you know that's cloud nine that's that's you know it all coming together yeah I think that's such a beautiful way to end it. Thank you so much, Jared, for coming and sharing all of your stories with us and being so vulnerable. Can you please tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can stay up to date on what you're working on? Yeah. Um, first, thank you all so much. This was, I had a blast. This was a wonderful time and I'm glad to now know the two of you and, you know, have hopefully lifelong friendships. Uh, yes. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I'm, uh, my website is jaredpsmith.com. It's J-A-R-E-D-P-Smith.com. And I, I should update that because as I think about it, like I don't think I've updated it in a little while, but that has like my reels and it has some of my clips on there. Um, my Instagram is jared underscore p underscore smith. So just at jared underscore p underscore smith. That has more of... It actually doesn't have a ton of like my reels and stuff. I remember having a conversation with my manager and he was like, you're not going to, don't put that stuff on your Instagram. It's like, if you create something that you want to show, you put that on there, but don't put your audition clips on there. Don't put your, mm. you know, your reel on there. It kind of makes you look like you're trying to get attention and trying to be legit versus okay. just doing it. And uh, so, but I've got, I've got a series on there called Wow, What a Word with Jared. Um, well, about a year ago, my girlfriend, I, I forget what the word it was that I said off the top of my head at the moment, but I said something and and she was like, you know, you have all these big words that you use in your vocabulary. You should, you could like do videos about them and define them. And so I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then the juxtaposition of like, for example, a word like juxtaposition, but of having like an SAT word or something like that matched with me just being like, wow, what a word. Like, <laughs> it's just like you have like this like idiot simplicity and then like a word that you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> um, so I enjoy those. My Instagram has become more and more that. And then every now and then, you know, some modeling stuff or fitness stuff my my tiktok which i have i probably have to reload it on my phone honestly because that's how often <laughs> i use it i started to just put the word the word videos on there and it's gotten no traction yet but go on to my tiktok and make that i could be like you know the comical word guy there we go yeah like, yeah, oh. yeah we'll so make that that's, that's called words with jared that's my tiktok <laughs> uh and then my cat who is actually sitting here the whole time <laughs> She's right there. Oh my god, I can't even see her. Uh, 
There she is. She's nestled in all, cutie. Aww. Oh, she's passed out. Yeah. <laughs> passed out. Um, but that's that's Barcelona Boots, if you want to follow her. She has a very uh a very exciting life that mostly consists of her sleeping and getting treats and having more places, more furniture <laughs> in my apartment than I do. <laughs> Well, thank you, Jared, and thank you, Barcelona Boots, for joining us today and sharing your story with us. Thank you all so much. Uh, This was a joy, and uh, look forward to, you know, more things like this in the future. Okay, everybody. Well, it's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time, it's going down in the DMs. Bye. DMs, DMs, yeah, we see them, yeah, we read them. DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.